You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs. Oh, yeah. My clients ask a lot of questions about nutrition, questions about glycemic index, omega fats, amino acids. Okay, Michael, speak English. I'm not a doctor. Well, our guest today is... Today, we talk to medical doctor and nutrition writer, Ian Jussel Ellis. Yay! I'm Michael Buckley. <laughs> I'm Robin Shaw. This is The Bodcast. It's The Bodcast with Michael Buckley and Robin Shaw. I've lost 85 pounds. Now I'm a personal trainer and help other fat people. I was the last kid picked in gym class. Now I'm a personal trainer and I've got a six pack. Hello, Michael. How are you? I'm doing well. Welcome back. Breaking news. I have breaking news. Oh, yeah? Burger King bought Tim Hortons donuts. Oh, wow. This may be... This people may have already known this, but when did this I happen? Did, I don't know. Like in the last couple of like the last week or so, really? but I just heard about it this morning, which is re, which is so exciting for a girl like me now that I could go to one stop and get. Are you a angry burger. now? Are you just doing this so you can leverage? Because <laughs> I know you're trying to get Dunkin' Donuts now, as a sponsor for the show. <laughs> Are you angling? Is that what's going well, on? Well, no, 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 no. First off, I'm a loyal Dunkin' Donuts fan. Tim Hortons I, does have some good coffee, and I know, and and. Look, okay, I'm going to be honest. No no one got me close to Dunkin' Donuts. I, okay, Dunkin' Donuts, don't ditch me. You know I love you. But, I mean, let's be honest. A donut's a donut. So if we could put Burger King and donuts together, I mean, for all our fatty listeners, this is breaking news. Burger King and Dunkin' Donuts. Would be Holy like the, crap. The least... It's like a clogged fitness, artery. Fitness <laughs> You're gonna have a heart attack ever. walking it. Oh, Wait, man. someone wrote on our podcast. I don't remember which episode it was. I think it was on the stunt man. Someone was like, "This is the realest health and fitness podcast ever." And I was Sin- like, "This oh, yeah. really is." I think the phrasing was "since like ever." Was, <laughs> that was awesome. It's true though. I mean, you don't just cover what's healthy. I cover what tastes good. And let me tell you what tastes good. Burger King and Tim Hortons. There are a lot of foods that taste good. I do notice like when I am eating a salad, even if it's a delicious salad. Yeah. You know, sometimes my girlfriend will be amazed because she's like, why aren't you devouring that? You know, like, why are you eating that at like a nice, normal human pace? Right. Which I don't always do. And my answer is usually because it tastes like a salad. It's a good salad, but it's not. Are you you're normally a fast eater? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I'm always hungry. I'm like the fastest eater ever. Like I am. Like I don't breathe. Yeah. I, just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's definitely one of those pieces of advice that I give people all the time. Like, you want to you want to savor your meal, right. take your time. It takes like twenty minutes for your brain to know you're yeah, full. Yeah, so because it eating, creeps. Then the, you know, if you but. eat so fast, I know. That's why when when I was dating, I never would let a guy take me out for dinner. <laughs> because there was no way I would look attractive <laughs> when like I would had like downed oh, like three cheeseburgers by the time they like took their first bite of lettuce that that's always annoying to me when um when if I eat unhealthy on a date and the guy was eating like healthy oh I totally made me feel fat I've been, I've, I've been that guy. The burger didn't make me feel fat. The other guy eating healthy made me feel fat. But anyway, so I, I just wanted to share the breaking news. I, I mean, people may have already known this. It's huge. Or not even care. But to me, this was, um, I mean, who who cares about war and, and shootings and <laughs> when things like this are happening in the world? Burger King and Tim Hortons <laughs> under one roof. It's crazy. Well, you know, there are a lot of like pairings like that. Like when there's that place on 8th Avenue in the 30s where I don't know if it still is this this lineup, but it was like Dunkin' Donuts, 
Taco Bell. And Baskin Robbins. Yeah, so like if you ordered one item from each thing, I think you would just collapse outside the store and or, probably need to be rushed to the hospital happy. immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you collapse with a smile on your fr- your face, perhaps. But yeah, I know. Yeah, well, I Dunkin' Donuts awesome. and Baskin Robbins have been like teamed up, teamed up for a while. Like almost all the Dunkin' Donuts like in Long Island are like paired up with Baskin Robbins. I, just, I don't get donuts. You don't get donuts? I don't get it. All right, I quit. I need like, a new co-host. Do you want something co-host? deep fried and greasy or something excessively sweet? Pick one, you know? What do you mean? They're both like sweet. It's both. It's both. It's like deep fried and it's like loaded with sugar at the same time. And what's wrong with that? <laughs> just too much. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, let's it's get excessive. back to health and fitness. Too much. I feel like I'm just being fat today and I apologize. How are, how are you doing? I know you've been super strict. You've been I've been, out like I've been eating so well. I've been working out like a maniac. I... uh. Did you see, I showed you my box jumps. Did I show you that online? No, but that's awesome. Oh my God. Go to my Facebook page or my Instagram page. I, like a few weeks ago, I wanted to, I was like, cause I can't jump. I can't jump like two inches off the ground because of my hips and everything. And then I saw on some girl's Instagram, she like did these ridiculous jumps, like five feet in the air. And I was like, I want to do that. It's so fun. Yeah. So I started with like just one little block, you know, because like I really can't jump. I mean, I'm not only am I short and and challenged, (laughs) but like I just whatever. But then every day I just added one more step and one more step. And you have to see, hold on, I'm going to get it up for you because it's going to blow your mind how ridiculous these jumps are. Okay, you ready to be blown? Mm-hmm. All right, I'm sorry, to be guys. What? Blown. <laughs> 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 Oops. All right, press play on that. I'm just trying to beat All the people right. that comment yeah. on our SoundCloud wall right. to it. You know? <laughs> okay, All so, right? I, so I'm watching it. I'll describe okay. it to everybody. Describe since what, they obviously yeah. can't see it. Okay, but go to my Instagram and watch it. Oh, wow. Isn't that impressive? She's doing like a quasi burpee into like a. Into these box push up included. That's solid here. Yeah, isn't that crazy? And that's oh, like, it's awesome. That Perfect was like landing. A good like two nice feet heel off the first landing too. I protecting know. the feet. And this is just shows awesome. that if you like tell your body, I want to be able to do this, even if you physically can't, you could train it to do anything. Because like I literally could not jump two inches off the ground, and now I'm doing that ridiculous move. Do you ever watch The Biggest Loser? No, I hate that show. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I've got some. Unless you guys want to hire me for a host, and then I love the show. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I've got some issues with it, but last year there was this woman that wouldn't do a box jump. Yeah. And I think the reason why she didn't want to do a box jump is because she like didn't want to like skin her shins yeah, or like she didn't want to fall on her face. Yeah. You know, and I think that's like the big obstacle for a lot of people is they just feel like, oh, I'm going to, I'm not going to make it. it I'm going to hurt myself. And somehow it turned into, because they're on television, this big thing where she had to have this big heart to heart with Jillian where she couldn't do a box jump because she felt like she was a bad mother and she's like oh, crying. Yeah. And I was like, I'm pretty sure it's just like the skin knees that yeah, she's worried about. Yeah, so my problem the, with The Biggest Loser, and again, it's a fine show, but like, I think it exploits fat people. Do you know what I mean? Like, like don't make don't make a 300 pound woman weigh herself in a sp- I know she signed up for this in like a sports bra like they just look so fat and and terrible and I just don't like that it. it's just really unhealthy I just yeah. the, I mean, that's the, the amount of, the amount of weight that, that yeah. they lose in the period of time that the, even the exercise that they're doing yeah with like you know the physical condition they they come in with like it's it sends a really bad message it also sends this message that like I like I think when you start with the big goal right the big goal is to shed the tons of weight and you don't start with the, well, you want to actually just develop new habits that are sustainable over time. Like the box jumps. I didn't just start doing the two exactly. foot high. I started with literally one little block, which was like 
three inches off the ground and every day I added a little and a little. It's supposed to be like a, your body's meant to like be training, not to right, go from exactly. zero to a hundred in one and day. And you know what happened every time you added a box is it's like another small victory. Yeah, you know? totally. So you cheat, like when you just, just look at the big box and you're just looking at the, the top height, you're, you're only seeing the big, the big goal. Right, and you're cheating yourself out of every little victory that adding a step each day was right. was for you. Un- unless so. biggest loser, you want to hire us as your hosts, <laughs> then we love the show. It's great. Don't change a thing. It's just a matter of time before something really bad happens. I think. I don't. I mean, I don't Maybe, want it to. Probably. But knows. someone's going to run into some health problems that means to be end of the show. Um, you want to go to our health and fitness question? I do. Yeah. You know, guys, there's so many of you writing in questions and we love them. We wish we should maybe do an episode one time where we just, just do, do all questions. the questions. Cause like so many people are writing in with really good questions and I would answer them. Um, but I usually don't know the answer, so I have to wait <laughs> with Michael so he could say the actual <laughs> answer. Cause my answers would probably be like a fake, like fitness answer. So this is one of our uh, most loyal listeners. <laughs> one of them, yeah. And most one of our well, most loyal commenters. He did, but then he apologized and said, <laughs> "Sorry for hating." <laughs> did he? Yeah, that's funny. I yeah, actually, no, it was I nice. actually thought it was funny what he said. I agreed with what he said. He was criticizing me for saying like. He was like, like, um, like, like, spit it out, bro. I think it was his comment. Yeah, I thought that was really funny. Which was actually really good, <laughs> constructive criticism, and I totally and we appreciate it. Like consider that like every time I do the show now. Okay, so this is Beat Guts, B-E-A-T-G-U-T-Z-Z. I guess the second Z is silent. And he says, hey guys, first of all, I love the show. Your guests are great and I dig the topics also. With that said, I wanna, I wanna know what you think is more difficult for an overweight person to lose weight or for someone with a super high metabolism to gain weight. Myself being someone who has always wanted to get bigger, but it seems impossible to gain and keep weight on. It just bugs me to hear people talk about how hard it is to lose weight when I'm in the gym four to five days a week trying to stay at 200 pounds, eating everything I can afford. So my question is, what is your professional perspective on which is more difficult to gain or to lose? You know, I, I see this is I don't think there's a clear cut answer for this because I mean, I think depending on who you are, it's yeah, your I mean, body type. Yeah. I mean, some people just can't put on weight, like just no matter what they do, they can't put on weight. They have a fast metabolism. Right. Um, and then there's other people who like no matter what they do, they can't lose weight. So I really think it depends on on the person. I think both are hard. You're right. We don't really talk about the other just because neither one of us have that. Being specific. a hard gainer. Yeah. I, I mean, I really, oh God, I wish I had that problem. I actually, <laughs> I've gone through periods where I'm super active and I'm, I've got to be super cognizant to make sure that I'm consuming enough calories, mm-hmm. you know? Um, one of the things that's interesting about this is that he says, I struggle to maintain 200 pounds, but the implication there is that he's doing it, right? Right. So, yeah, it's difficult and it's a challenge and, you know, kudos to you if you're trying to achieve a certain size and you're maintaining it and you're being diligent about eating to to maintain that, doing what needs to be done in the gym. Um, I do think, you know, but I do think that I, I don't think you can discount the struggle for someone that's overweight to to lose weight i think that yeah i mean i'm being biased because i am the other one you know but i think it is so much harder to lose weight than to keep on weight but you know what i say that but i know i know there i know guys who like they're like i can't put on weight and they like really struggle i actually knew a girl who she was like 
crazy skinny. And the doctor, which we should actually speak to our guest about this because I don't see how this was healthy. He was having her drink a Frappuccino a day just to get the calories, which I'm sure there's a healthier way to get in the calories. Mm -hmm. But uh, just because she was so skinny and couldn't keep on the weight. I think one thing also that's interesting to consider too is that at a certain level, your body is at a healthy place, right? And if you're a guy and you're being healthy, because there, there are people that are thin, that appear very thin, but they maybe don't eat the best diet and they don't exercise. And I call that skinny, skinny fat. Skinny fat people, yeah. Yeah, but beyond even just that, they could, they could also be very unhealthy, right. right? So I think once you're healthy, that, that's, like, that's gotta be your first goal, right? Because none of it means anything if you don't, if you don't have your health. Uh, you know, and if it's just for aesthetics, you want to put on a little extra size. If you're willing to put in the the calories to do that and the work in the gym that needs to be done to do that, then cool. But that's just gravy at that point. Whereas mm, when you're super overweight, <laughs> whereas when you're super you overweight, <laughs> when you're super overweight, that struggle isn't just about looking a certain way right. and being, you know, and you know, even it's about it's just unhealthy to be carrying around a certain amount of extra weight in, in a different way than it's unhealthy right. to be to be underweight. Well, all right. Well, thank you for writing in. And everyone, Keep listening. I, we'll get to everyone's questions. We'll start answering questions online. So yeah, in we case a backlog. We don't get, I know. Um, but keep listening and uh, go subscribe to us on iTunes. Rate us uh, positively. If you're going to give us a good rating, rate us. If yeah. Not. If not, go fuck yourself. But subscribe. But whatever. subscribe. We'll take your hits. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and please write your questions there on SoundCloud. I got it right, right? You got it right. Uh, you could tweet me at Robin Shaw Comic, or I don't even know my Instagram name. I think it's Robin Shaw, but there's a, there's a fake Robin Shaw. Don't go to that one. There's a good Robin Shaw. Only, yeah. The one that has like followers. And then wh how could they find you? At Buckley Body Guru is my Twitter handle. It's probably the best way to find me. Okay, great. So keep writing in. And uh, all right, want to introduce our I do. Guest? So I'm really excited about this. We've tried to do this before. I have a doctor here to talk about diet and nutrition, and it didn't go as well. Right. She was pushing and pills. That episode you guys will never hear because she was trying to push pills on us. Trying to push pills and didn't talk at all about preventative medicine, which right. is something that gets overlooked all the time. So but I'm now really we excited. found a real doctor. Yes. Yeah, so this is Dr. Ian Jussel Ellis. He writes a really amazing uh, nutrition blog that every sh everybody should check out. So, Ian, hello. Welcome. Hey, how's it going? Thanks yeah. for having me on the show, guys. Ian, can you us. just give us like a rundown of your credentials so everyone can uh, know who you we are? We probably should have started with that with the other doctor. <laughs> <laughs> What's of your course. credentials? <laughs> yeah, She's so like, I sell drugs. We're like, okay, <laughs> that's right. about it. So I am currently a resident physician. I'm a second-year emergency medicine resident at Mount Sinai St. Luke's uh, Roosevelt Hospital Center. I have a bachelor's of science in athletic training. I worked as a personal trainer, uh, holding a certificate for that uh, for several years before attending medical school. And my special area of interest is definitely with nutrition. Uh, that stems from a lot of things, uh, not the least of which is my experiences with my patients, uh, who I see firsthand the uh, really devastating effects that a poor diet has on people and on our population. So I do my best at work and through my website to uh, encourage people to just figure out uh, their way through this maze that is nutrition and healthy eating. That's awesome. We'll give another opportunity to, to give that website address again, but just up top, just in case there's anyone, you're all going to listen to the end of the, the podcast, I'm sure, but just in case you want to just drop that, uh, the, web, the web address? Yeah, so it's uh, www.unraveledeats.com. That's unraveledeats.com. And the whole idea behind that name is just kind of unraveling this mystery and the uh, 
I feel like it's very complicated these days uh, with so many different diets and different philosophies and different, you know, I, I think I looked on the Wikipedia page of like just list of diets and there was over 200 different diets listed, all of which, you know, have their proponents, their detractors, people that swear by it, this is the only way you should eat, but then there's, you know, a hundred other people saying exactly the same thing. And, uh, you know, my website is about kind of untangling those things and getting back to just the very basics of nutrition, which actually is not that hard or that complicated. It just uh, takes some basic knowledge. All right, so why don't, you, why don't we start with there? Why don't you, like, tell us the basic thing uh, of nutrition that we should be following? Yeah, so, you know, kind of a bit of my story just leading into this. So I used to be really into the kind of bodybuilding and, uh, you know, competitive fitness world. And especially back in college, you know, I was in that crowd where I was taking all kinds of supplements and I was doing all these crazy workouts and just what really- you, What were you taking? Uh, mostly just, mostly like creatine, ephedrine, you know, all those things. I never did actual anabolic steroids. Right. Um, you know, I was really took a firm stance on that. But, you know, anything else I could find that was kind of over the counter and, you know, had some fitness claim on it, I would really kind of get sucked into that and read all the fitness magazines and just kind of swallow what the nutrition industry was selling. And I remember- my first kind of watershed moment happened when I was working out. I, I just finished a set in the gym and I saw a line of these guys and all these sweaty guys and who just finished their workout, like lined up at the supplement machine. And all of them were like buying these things at six, seven bucks a pop, you know, muscle milk, you know, packs of six or whatever else. And just like, you know, chugging it before they could even get out of line because they were so obsessed with like getting in their amino acids and their mm -hmm. weight protein and all this stuff because if they didn't get that stuff you know according to these magazines they're never gonna you know have the massive size I need my 30 to, to 50 grams bro might, or I'm gonna shrink <laughs> <laughs> exactly you know and I just had this moment where I, I took a step back and I was like wait a minute like this is crazy like people before there was whey protein isolate and before there was supplements before there was a fed and before there was all these supplement pills people managed somehow to live and be healthy and be fit. You know, I bet you if we went back to the, the Roman army or the Greek army or whatever else, they didn't have that stuff. And somehow they managed to have these physiques Yeah, you that, look at these paintings, these old paintings, and they were all ripped, you know? And yeah, they weren't totally. taking anything. Yeah. And they, they got that just, from somewhere. Yeah. You know, they didn't just make up that image in their mind. And, and they the weren't fact spending is, hours in a gym. They didn't have Equinox 100 years ago, you know? Exactly, or 200 bucks a month to spend on it for right. that matter. And so I had this moment, I was like, you know, we need. I need to figure out how to get back away from this kind of nutritionism pseudoscience that we all feed into and just get back into the basics of how to eat regular healthy food and how to live a regular healthy life that's attainable and sustainable and affordable too because without those three things like you just can't stick to it and i started reading as much as i could about it and i'm, I'm a big you know i'll give a plug for one of my favorite authors here i'm a big michael pollan guy uh, a lot of people that are in the nutrition, oh, yeah. you know, circles have heard of this guy. He wrote The Omnivore's Dilemma. He wrote... Uh, the Food Rules. Yeah, The Food you, Rules, all those What I always say to people is if, you, if you're not really a reader and you're too lazy to read The, the Omnivore's Dilemma, then read Food Rules because it's basically all the research that he did for Omnivore's Dilemma broken down into really simple, accessible Yeah, exactly. And it's a tiny little pamphlet. Or, you know, there's a New York Times article. You can search <clears> for it on Google and find it where he has, you know, a three to four page summary too of the kind of things he's been talking about. And he, you know, his food rules kind of break down to three basic principles, which I've kind of decided to structure my life around now, which are three things. Number one is eat food, which he has a very specific definition of that, which is real food that's minimally processed that, you know, your grandparents would recognize something that either walked on the earth, something that grew out of the earth, and someone picked it or killed it and ate it. You know, that's just that simple definition. If you look at, you know, our Western diet here, I mean, there's one study that I love to quote, um, something that 
uh, show that 50%, literally one out of every two calories that people take in on average in the Western diet are from added sugars, added fat, or refined flours. Wow. I mean, think about that. One out of every two comes from something that isn't even remotely close to being found in nature in that form. Not to mention all the additives and chemicals and, and that's all those just things. On average, about. which means and that's, you notice it's all those insidious sugars too. Yeah, like, like sweet and low ketchup. And yeah, well, uh, and, you know, eighty barbecue any, like, sauce. Like any like fake like like I know you're saying on average it's fifty percent. I feel like what I consume is double that because everything I have is fake. Do you know what I mean? Like Absolutely. fake sugars, fake. Absolutely, you know, eighty to ninety percent of prepackaged items on shelves nowadays have added sugar in them. I mean, eighty to ninety percent, and Again, this is a substance, refined sugars, refined flowers that, that literally are not found in nature. And if you strip away everything that made it a food and you're just left with just pure, concentrated, unadulterated energy. And your body just literally does not know how to handle that. Like you're not designed to be able to process that and to, you know, feel full, to feel satiated and to be able to, you know, say enough. I mean, another study that, that I love to quote too, it's one of my favorite things. They took, they took rats, they took mice you know, our poor little creatures we love to experiment on. And they gave them a choice between either a hit of morphine, a hit of cocaine, or a hit of an Oreo cookie. Okay? And which one do you think they chose more than all Oreos. the rest? I'm on a nutrition <laughs> blog. You know the answer. They would choose Oreos before they would choose cocaine <laughs> or heroin. It's that powerful of a drug. And it Wait, causes the same... So sugar is more than heroin? So sugar... Have you, have you heard of the, 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 uh, the, the bliss point? For processed foods? Yeah, I have. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just this concept of, you know, physiologically, to the best of our understanding at this point, you know, it causes the same release release of hormones like dopamine and serotonin, those kind of things that are the pleasure chemicals in your brain. It causes the same exact release of those same chemicals that those kind of hard drugs do. And that's why sugar addiction is a real thing, right? Well, absolutely. Like... Um, well, Robin, what, 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 what this, uh, this is a term that is actually an, a food industry term that came to light. Uh, this guy, Michael Moss, wrote a book last year who's awesome. He wrote a book called uh, Sugar, Fat, Salt, mm-hmm. where he talks about there's an industry term called bliss point, right? And what okay. that is is it's not the sweetest point for a food to have. It's not the saltiest point. It's the most palatable point for a certain processed food to have where you could eat it on a consistent basis, Right, so they're, they're you know a cereal, for example. They don't want you to enjoy it as a nice treat every once in a while. They want you to eat that cereal every single day. And if it's a little bit too sweet, or it's a little bit too salty, or it's a little bit too uh, you know, it's not the foods that taste the best. They're the foods that people can eat because the most people, of. Right, right. So they find that point where it's like I could eat these all day long, every day, all day, every like day. Like raisin bran because it's filled Something. with sugar, yeah. but but you can and eat it every why, day. So so they're intentionally like you know I I don't buy into a lot of like conspiracy. It was an inside job, man, but. They really are trying to hook you on well, these Well, but think about this. You know, the idea behind the food industry and the nutrition industry to some extent, they are an industry. They're not a not-for-profit. They're not, yeah, they, you know, they're they not looking money. for your interest. They're looking to make money. People make they money by selling. Yeah. People, people sell things by making them addictive. And, you know, they can't I even just in, make money. They have to report growth. These are publicly yeah. traded co- companies. So, like, your job as the CEO of a publicly traded company isn't just to say, oh, yeah, we're making money. It's to say, we've, we've shown growth every quarter. We're growing every single quarter. And the only way to do that is to make people well, buy more there, of your There's food. a reason why a lot of public schools have literally been banning from classrooms, from recess, from lunchboxes, certain foods like, you know, these flaming hot Cheetos, things like that. Because kids literally, like, 
80% of kids were eating exclusively that for lunch every single day. It's, it's like, the, you know, the, these foods are, you know, you one buzzer we talk about, is we call it hyper palatable. Which, in other words, they taste literally better and affect your brain in ways that, that natural foods don't do. And it makes it incredibly difficult to just, you know, say no and to put it down when you're full because your, your, your brain doesn't register as you being full, as you being satiated with these kind of foods. So that's kind of the first point is eat real food. And, and you know, the number of people that sit down and eat a diet of mostly, you know, minimally processed natural foods is is just minuscule in our culture. I mean, literally, I think another study that I saw, less than 5 to 10% of all Americans get even three to five servings of vegetables a day. And, and by a serving, I mean like a half cup of fruits and vegetables is a serving. So less than 10% of all Americans get even that, which is just pathetic. Right. I mean, it really is pitiful. And those are the things that literally should form the foundation of every diet. And so that's, you know, that's rule number one is eat real food. I can talk a little bit more about that in a bit. I mean, rule number two of Michael Pollan, which I, I use on my blog is, you know, eat real food, not too much, right? Not mm -hmm. too much has to be taken in conjunction with the first one because if you just try, say, well, I'm going to eat the, what the diet that I normally eat now, which is all, you know, sugar and fat and processed foods, things out of a wrapper that don't, you know, affect your brain in that way to tell you, hey, I'm full, I've had enough. Mm -hmm. It's it's impossible. Like it's impossible if you're sitting in front of a bowl of peanut M&Ms to just say, I'm going to eat three of those things and be done. It's not going to happen. You're going to find some way to make it. Can an I ask you a question? Yeah, sure. That the reverse though, like, because I eat relatively healthy. I know I, I started today talking about Burger King, <laughs> but I actually really do eat relatively healthy. Uh -huh. And um, But my problem is the portion control. So can it be the opposite? Can you overeat the healthy stuff? Oh, like, yeah. I, like my salads really are healthy. Like I don't have cheese or a lot of dressing on it, but I get like a large, like I just eat, I eat till I'm sick. So I think that's like, can you overeat with the healthy foods? Yeah, so- Obviously, that's possible. I mean, I could sit and eat, you know, an, an avocado is delicious and healthy and wonderful and full of, you know, fiber and healthy fats and all these kind of things. If I sat and ate 50 of those in a sitting, I'm going to gain weight. Yeah, the right? things that make you full from eating an avocado the, but, but the, that's the, the thing. fats, so, which in, are good in, in moderation. In, in my perspective, you know, you need to be honest with yourself, okay? Most people, and, and I mean, it showed that like most people on average underestimate the amount of food they're eating by up to 40 to 50%. In other words, you say, oh, I ate totally healthy today. I only had 1,500 calories. Statistically speaking, you had closer to 2,500, 2,600, 2,800, because there's all these hidden calories in foods that we eat that we don't realize, we don't remember, because nobody keeps a, a real legit food journal. Oh, nobody really keeps a list of what they're having. And there's this mindless mm -hmm. snacking because food is eminently available in our culture. There's not a place in our culture where you can't grab a handful of something and eat it. So. My first point is mm -hmm. you got to be honest with yourself and say, well, you know, I'd say most people, in fact, actually there's a study that I love. They pulled, you know, a random sampling of 2,000 Americans and they said, how many of you would you rate your diet as very poor, poor, moderately healthy, or extremely healthy? 85% of Americans rated their diet as moderately or extremely healthy. <laughs> Pardon my French. That is total BS. I mean, it's it's just not true. But people, when they look at themselves and they think, you know, they think, what, you know, how do I look compared to other people? And they always find a way to rationalize it away and say, I'm doing a good job. Yeah, so for you, we have an obesity problem. Like the bar is set pretty low. That's your, if you're just 
like your reference point is well compared <laughs> well, I went to the mall I'm, the other day and I'm not Iowa and I don't and, weigh uh, 800 feel, pounds right. well, the, the average you know the average female dress size in America do, do you know what it is 12 it's 14 Whoa. 14 okay that's I mean you know and, and there's this you know I I could talk about this for a while you know there's this new push for you know fat acceptance and getting away from fat shaming and all those kind of things and like plus size models all these kind of things to make that okay now I, to an extent, I agree. Now, actually, I want to touch on this because it relates to the question from before. Um, a lot of people spend an incredible amount of energy and time trying to change their body. Now, I don't mean just change their body. I mean change their body type. Right, right. Okay. If I'm a thin person naturally, if I got those genes from my parents, if you look back at every you know person back 10 generations, they're all thin chances are very good that I'm going to be thin without too much effort at all. If you look back 10 generations and all of us are heavy set. Chances are that's my body type. That's what my genes have told me that my body's going to be. Now, to look at you know some of the most fit people on the planet. If you look at Venus Williams, okay, oh, yeah, she's Venus a Williams probably like 170 pounds. Okay, but I mean she, but she is stacked. Like her body style is thick. It's muscular. It's strong. If she spent all of her time and energy trying to look like you know Anna Kornikova, she would be sentencing her life to a, a life of of frustration. It's not going to happen. It's not possible. It's the same disposition that as hard as she works, obviously she has, she's gifted in a way where she's predisposed towards being ridiculously good at tennis. Same thing that makes her have the body type that she And she plays to her strength. And that is a beautiful body type. That's a beautiful body style. Now, conversely, okay, if for this hard gainer type, you know, if you're a hard gainer and you're genetically predisposed to be, you know, 120, 130 pounds, you know, you look at some of the body weight athletes that, uh, Frank Madrano and all those guys, you guys should look him up if you if you haven't seen him online. The, you know, the guy's 140 pounds, ripped out of his mind and can do incredible feats of athleticism, but he's not 220 pounds built like an NFL linebacker. And if he tried to do that on his own without drugs, it, it wouldn't be possible, okay? Mm-hmm. And so what I want to impress on listeners is, you know, this whole con- concept of body acceptance is really important because you need to accept the body type that you were dealt by God, by your genetics, by your parents, and play to those strengths. If you're a heavyset person, okay, you have a thicker body type. You can become a Venus Williams. You can't become an Anna Kornikova mm-hmm. without, you know, use of drugs, without use of supplements, or you know, intensive, rigorous dieting that isn't sustainable. If you're a person who's 125 pounds at baseline, if you're not taking Winstrol and Deca, you're not going to become <laughs> this mass monster guy like a Ronnie Coleman. So. Work on acceptance, you know, figure out what is my body style and talk to someone, your fitness professional, your your physician, someone else who can work to help you, uh, you know, maximize your potential. Because if you try to change your body type through exercise, through diet, it's going to be frustrating. I have, a, I have a question related to that. So are there different dietary guidelines based on body type? So to me, in general, there aren't. Okay, a healthy diet is a healthy diet. And what do I mean by a healthy diet? I mean foods that, you know, you take a, li- a list of the food groups, things like whole grains, dairy, you know, meats, uh, uh, you know, fruits, vegetables, nuts, legumes. All, those are the basic food groups that you'd find listed on the food pyramid, whatever. And you combine and eat those things in moderation. You cannot go wrong. You just can't go wrong. I mean, those, those things literally... Or either by, you know, depending on who you believe in, either by God or by evolution, ha- has, you know, come up in a way that, that our body's designed to process things. So mm-hmm. eat those things in moderation, in variety, and you can't go wrong. Now, and what's number three? What's that? 
What's number three on the list? So we've got one. Oh, food, it actually, yeah, it two, actually not um, too much. Exactly, and, and three is mostly plants. Okay, so mostly, mostly plants. plants. That has to do with you know the so foundation the of your diet. Right. Well, vegans have it partially right. Okay, because vegans have a tough time with some things. You know, specifically B vitamins, B twelve, iron, those kind of things are tough to find in non-plant sources. So for me, I'm not a vegetarian, I'm not a vegan, but I limit my exposure to meat. So I eat two to three ounces a day of that. But if you, you know, you go on a couple of websites, there's one kit's whfoods.com um, and just list nutrition, the value of different plants. The nutritional bang for your buck with plants is astronomical. I mean, you have a, a half cup of cooked spinach. It has like 27 100%, calories or something. 27 calories and, you know, an entire day's worth of like 18 vitamins and minerals. Okay, you take the same amount of meat and it's going to have, you know, entire day's worth of protein, which is great. Uh, iron, B12, things like that. But other than that, it's pretty limited. So, you know, if you make plants the foundation of your diet, you're going to have more fiber, more vitamins, more minerals, and supplement that for taste Bang and for, for protein. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I have to cut us off because... Uh, oh, is it that time? It is that time. All right, then. And, uh, well, first off, thank you so much for coming Oh, yeah, I, I'm going to have to ask the, you guys to bring me back sometime. Yeah, this is such I, a blast. The I time agree. Just flew I feel by. like I didn't even get to ask. Oh, I know. <laughs> I had like a million I things. I, I was... know. We'll have you back. And then uh, we won't rant and rave in the beginning as long as we get to the questions. But uh, Maybe Tim you. Hortons won't merge with Burger King or something as equally noteworthy that the right. next time But that was that. really important, and our viewers needed to know that. Okay. Right, right, right. If I had to leave with one <laughs> final sentence, what I'd encourage everyone to do is go to the grocery store, not in a time when you're hungry, just walk around and get to know the foods in your grocery store. Take a look at nutrition labels. If it has more than five, six ingredients, throw it out. Don't get it. If it has, you know, more than half the ingredients that are chemical sounding or, you know, you know, artificial colorants and flavors, don't get those things. And believe me, in our culture where we're having this nice backlash against the processed food movement, there are a lot of options out there that do use minimally processed ingredients and especially, you know, eat the, go to the produce section, go to the places where the foods aren't wrapped up in plastic. You just pick them off and they're exactly as they were designed for you to eat. Okay. Thank you. So now, um, do you know what time it is? I think I do. It's the Danny Tanner moment. What did we learn this week time? So Ian, this is where we go around and in our very soft Danny Tanner voices, say one thing we learned this I'll, week I'll have to drop down an octave here. This is nice. Three octaves. Come on. This is our moment. So, Michael, what did you learn this week? I learned that the three overriding principles to a healthy diet are one, eat real food, two, not too much, and three, mostly plants. And I'm going to check out unraveledeats.com. That was good. Yep. Tear bright to my eye. It was an emotional plug. <laughs> I learned this week that when a viewer writes in that he has trouble keeping on weight, it makes me secretly hate him. Even though I'm appreciative of you listening, I hate to hear it that people <laughs> get to eat whatever they want and can't put on weight. <laughs> Ian, what did you learn this week? So I learned that if I have a simultaneous craving for delicious fatty cuts <laughs> of ground beef and uh, delicious fatty cuts of bacon, and at the same time, delicious, fatty, salty, and sweet Dunkin' Donuts, or a donuts by any manufacturer, uh, I can just go to my local Burger King and they'll serve it up hot and fresh. Although, uh, they're kind of late to the bandwagon. They've been serving this kind of stuff at state fairs since the beginning of time. I know, but I'll still be there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, guys, keep listening, subscribe. I'm Robin Shaw. I'm Michael Buckley. And this is The Bodcast.